Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Thank you for joining the Grind It Podcast today. Thank you for listening. And um, we're going to be covering Acts chapter 2. Well, at least we're going to start Acts chapter 2 today. It's probably going to take a couple of podcasts. And just want to say thank you for listening and thank you for watching on YouTube. And thank you again for sharing uh, this podcast with your friends and your family, your neighbors, people that you come in contact with. And you know, it doesn't cost a dime uh, for you to be a listener or to share but you can, you can reap eternal rewards by sharing this podcast because when you share this podcast, you are sharing the opportunity for people to get to know Jesus and to meet Jesus and to draw closer to Jesus. And I just want to say thank you uh, for being a listener and thank you for being a watcher on YouTube and thank you for sharing the podcast. So let's just dive in today in Acts chapter 2. Now, I've, been, I've, I've titled this lesson, uh, The Power Unleashed, because this is when everything changes in, in a great way. I mean, this is when the Holy Spirit is going to fall on the apostles, and, and, and they, they speak with tongues, and they start doing these miraculous things, and they start quoting all these scriptures. They, they just, it's just the power unleashed, just the power of God through, through the Holy Spirit working in these apostles lives and through these apostles lives and ministering to to so many people and and that's why i've said that it should be called acts of not acts of the apostles but acts of the holy spirit and and we'll see that as we kick off this chapter and beyond jesus has died on the cross he's he's been buried for three days right and he come out of the tomb alive and he's been victorious over death and hell and the grave and and his revelation says he has the keys to, to to death and hell and just like he had said that he would do he had told these these men his disciples that this was going to take place and it did take place exactly like he said it would and so as we talked about in the last podcast, he, he has spent 40 days appearing to his followers on several occasions to prove to them that he is alive, that, that, that this really is him. And as he's spending this 40 days with them and as he appears to them and he has meals with them and, and he talks with them, he is preparing them for what is to come. The, that is the promise of the Father, the, the Holy Spirit, as he talked about in John chapter 14. Because he knows that he's about to send back to the Father. And when he gets back to the Father, the Father will send down the Holy Spirit just as he promised. So he's preparing them, for, if you will, for this transition of power. Because the kingdom of God, the church, is now going to be in their hands. God is going to be working, uh, is going to be working through these disciples or these, these apostles to build the kingdom of God. The one that Jesus gave his life for. So the 11 disciples, because you know, there were minus one because of Judas, right? And, and Judas went out and hung himself after he betrays Jesus. And so the 11 that are left are on the Mount of Olives at, in, in Acts chapter 1, and they're having a conversation with Jesus. They want to know when God is going to restore the, the power back to Israel. You know, who's gonna, when, when are we going to be on top again? When are we uh, going to be delivered from this Roman oppression? We want to be top dog. 
And Jesus says, you know, that's in the Father's hands. You don't need to be worrying about that. But here's what you need to be worrying about. You need to go and wait on the promise that my Father's going to send you. And as he finishes this conversation, as he gives them this one last commandment, he ascends up into the heavens. And they're literally straining. The, uh, Luke says they're straining their eyes to see into the clouds, into the sky. And, and, and they, till they can't see Jesus anymore. And, and, and as they're looking, they don't even realize there's two angels standing there. And the angel is saying, dude, what are you doing? Why are you looking up into heaven? As if, you know, you can do anything about this. This same Jesus that you've seen leave this way, he's going to come back just like you've seen him leave. And you need to, you know, be about what he, he said to do. Go and wait for the promise. And so that the 40 days have ended. And in, in Acts chapter 2, then we have uh, the Feast of Pentecost. And Pentecost means 50, uh, or the 50th. It refers to the Jewish festival celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. And it's also known as the Feast of Weeks. So if we subtract 40 from 50, that will leave around 10 days, roughly a week's time, that the believers will have to wait for the promise because after they left the Mount of Olives and they went back, they went to meet the other believers and, and Luke even gives us the number of the people that they had met and it was around 120 men and women. And Luke actually even tells uh, the readers of some of the people's names that were that were present at that time. But during that time, there, there's a there's a 10 days about a 10 day span that Jesus has descended back to the Father and the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. And so they are waiting. And, you know, and, and nobody likes to wait. We, you know, we don't have a whole lot of patience. We don't like to be told to wait. But that's what Jesus said that they were to do. That they were to wait for the promise of the Father. You know, I, I would love to have been a fly in the room just so I could see the reaction of these people as they waited. I would love to hear the stories that they were maybe they they were telling stories of all the great things that Jesus did, uh, the miracles in detail, just going over in their minds what has taken place. They they they, they have they, maybe they're talking about what happened on the cross and with the religious leaders who were supposed to be pointing people to God, but yet they crucified the, the very one who they were looking for, the Messiah, the, the one who was God in the flesh. Uh, maybe they were talking about the time that, that they were just wandering and they're, they're minding their own business and they were doing what they do every day like fishing. And this this man comes up out of nowhere and says, hey, I'll make you fishermen of men. So maybe they were talking about their conversion stories and how they met Jesus and how uh, uh, they uh, left everything behind to follow this man. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that room to hear and to see what they uh, were uh, talking about and discussing, and and, and what they uh, were preparing for, and you know they had to be getting anxious. You know, is this thing really going to come to pass that Jesus told us about? You know, everything else that he said has come true. Is is this promise going to come? You know, and how long do we have to wait? Because Jesus didn't say, you know, wait ten days and the Holy Spirit is going to fall. He 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 just said you go wait. So they really didn't know how long they had to wait, uh, but. They, they were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. Now, uh, I got this off of Christianity.com and talk, talking about Pentecost. It says, in the Old Testament, Pentecost was called the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. 
It's mentioned five places in the first five books. Uh, in Exodus 23, Exodus 24, Leviticus 16, Numbers 28, and Deuteronomy 16. It was a celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of the harvest. In Palestine, there were two harvests each year. Uh, the early harvest came during the months of May and June, and the final harvest came in the fall. Pentecost was a celebration of the beginning of the early wheat harvest, which meant that Pentecost always fell sometime during the middle of the month of May or sometimes in early June. There were several festivals, celebrations, and observances that took place before Pentecost. Uh, there was Passover, there was unleavened bread, there was the Feast of First Fruits, and the, the first of uh, the Feast of First Fruits was a celebration of the beginning of the barley harvest. Uh, and, and here's the way that you figured out the date of Pentecost, that 50th day. According to the Old Testament, you would go to the day of celebration of first fruits, and beginning with that day, you would count off 50 days. The 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. So first fruits is the beginning of the barley harvest, and Pentecost the celebration of the beginning of the wheat harvest. And since it's always 50 days after first fruits, and since 50 days equals seven weeks, it always came a week of weeks later. Therefore, they either called it the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. Jerusalem was the place to be for Pentecost. Everybody came from all of the Jews and those who had been uh, um, uh, converted to Judaism, even the Greeks who had been converted over to uh, Judaism, they came to Jerusalem to offer their first fruits from their harvest to God, and that, because they were commanded to in in those Old Testament passages that I mentioned uh, a while ago, but Jews from far and wide, uh, they came to Jerusalem, and I'm going to try to put a map up on on the video uh, in YouTube so you can just see how far away the, these Jews were that came uh, to Jerusalem to offer their first fruits to God, and Luke even. Uh, he gives an extensive list in chapter 2 of the people and where they are from and because he's, when he, he talks about the Holy Spirit and they hear their native language being spoken and he talks about the different places that these people have come from to offer their first fruit to God at Pentecost. And so uh, the first thing that I want to point out here is that the, 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 this is perfect timing for God to do his thing because all of these people from all around have gathered into one place Jerusalem where the temple is where they would come to worship God to begin with and to offer their people just because it was the feast of Pentecost so many people would be gathered in Jerusalem and so the New Living Translation it, it starts off Acts 2 like this it says, on the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. But other versions, such as the King James Version or the New King James Version or the NIV or the New American Standard, it says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Um, what I'm about to share with you leads to a great debate uh, as to who received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Was it... The twelve, because remember in Acts chapter one, at the end of Acts chapter one, Judas has been replaced by Matthias. They cast lots, 
and the lots fell upon Matthias. There were qualifications that, that Matthias had to meet, and he met the qualifications. And, and so uh, when they cast lots, the lot fell on Matthias. Matthias is, uh, is then added to the, the 11, which makes 12, and they have the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. And so a great debate uh, that, that is, goes on and on and on, it's been going on for a long time, is who received the Holy Spirit? Was, was it the 12 apostles or was it the 120 and I, in, in, in my 48 years of life, I've been associated with several different churches, flavors, whatever you want to call them, denominations. And, and there are certain denominations uh, that, that says it's the 120, and there's other denominations that say it's the 12. And, and, and so I want, I want to cover this just for a little bit in this podcast. Who received the Holy Spirit? Was it the 12 or was it the 120? Now, I've always thought it was the 120, but when I went to Bible college at Freed Hardeman University in West Tennessee, in Henderson, Tennessee, one of my professors uh, said that you have to go back to the nearest antecedent, uh, and the nearest antecedent to the, the falling of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and the, the, the speaking in tongues and the, the, and the fire, that, the tongues of fire that landed upon their heads. The nearest antecedent to that would be the 12 apostles and not the 120 because the nearest antecedent comes from when they were replacing Judas with Matthias. And this makes a lot of sense because if it, if it were the 120, then we should find all kinds of evidence throughout the book of Acts to support the 120. And, and if it's the 12, then we should be able to find all kinds of evidence that it is the 12. And so what we're going to do is, or what I'm going to do in the next few minutes after we come back from break is I want to give some evidence to support that it was the 12 and not the 120. But I want to say this before we go on break. If it is the 120, does it really make a difference? No, it, 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 this doesn't really make a difference. But it is interesting to discuss, and so I want to look at the evidence when we come back from break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we will not love our own lives even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk. And you get to be a part of this movement, too. I'll see you there. Okay, so let's look at what evidence supports. What, what scriptures support the 120 or what scriptures support the 12? Um, let's, so let's just dig into this. The people... They, they see the apostles speaking in tongues, or they see the people, is it the 120 or is it the 12? They see them speaking in tongues, and they hear 
their own native language so they can understand what is being said. All these different languages are coming from these people and they can hear their language, their native language, um, and they know what is being, the message that is being said, they can hear it in their own language. And they, whoever is speaking in the tongues here, uh, whoever the Holy Spirit has fallen upon, they are accused of being drunk and by the people that are witnessing what's going on because it's made a loud noise and it's, and it's caused a big ruckus and all, this huge crowd has come to see what in the world is going on. So in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So Peter says, or Luke says that Peter stood up with the 11. So it was the apostles then, not the 120, that God was working through to perform miracles, to teach, and to preach Jesus. It was, it was the apostles who were speaking in tongues that were causing this commotion, and this crowd has gathered around to see what is going on. Let's, let's look at some more. In Acts chapter 4, it was Peter and John who healed the lame man at the gate, not the 120. Peter and John were a part of the, the 12, the apostles. In Acts chapter 4, verses 33 through 35, it says, With great power, the apostles, not the 120, but the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the apostles who were preaching this message about Jesus and how are they able to do so with such boldness when just a month before Peter was a coward denying that he even knew Jesus, he even knew who he was. And he was so adamant that he began to cuss. I don't know the man. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, I don't never seen him before in my life. I don't know who he is because he was scared. He was full of fear. But now he's full of boldness. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has fallen upon the apostles. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them and they brought the money from the sales. And guess where they put the money? Not at the 120's feet, but at the apostles' feet, those 12 men. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Here's another one. In Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. Not the 120. The apostles. They performed many signs. How were they able to perform these many signs and wonders among the people? Because of the Holy Spirit that ascended upon the apostles in the beginning of Acts chapter 2. No one else dared to join them, even though they were slightly regarded by, by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. 
Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. They were bringing the sick and the lame, just hoping that Peter, Peter being one of the twelve, just hoping that his shadow would pass over. Because if the, if Peter's shadow would just pass over them, they the power of God was so strong in these apostles that just their shadow passing over the sick, they were healed instantly. Not the 120. Notice that it says, more men and women believed. There were men and women who believed. And, 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 and I'll probably mention this again later on. But the apostles had the power to lay on their hands. And they could impart the, Holy, the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, to others. But the, the Holy Spirit and the power of God... These miracles, these signs and the wonders and the, the boldness to proclaim God's word came through these 12 men. And, 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 while, and if it wasn't for these 12 men, then it says more men and women believed in the Lord added to their number. And as a result, people brought the sick into the streets. And why would they have to go seek out Peter? Why, and why couldn't they? They could have sought out one of the 120. But they specifically picked out Peter because they knew that he had the power of the Holy Spirit of God in him. And it was so strong that his shadow, just his shadow passing over that sick person, they would be completely healed. Let me give you another one. Acts chapter 5, verses 17 and 18 says, Then the high priest and all of his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles. The apostles, not any of the 120, but the apostles, and put them in a public jail. The 120 were, were not arrested, only the apostles. Why would the apostles be arrested? Because they're out there preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus with the power of God. They're doing these signs and wonders and working these miracles to, to, to prove, to show people proof of the power of God and the message, message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus can change people's lives. It was the apostles, and it was the apostles who were preaching this message, and they were arrested. They were put in a public jail, not the 120. And so an angel helps them escape from jail, and the next day the religious authorities, they, they come to get them, uh, and, and they're missing because the angel had let them out, right? And and where do they go? They go right back to the temple because they're full of boldness. They're they're no longer in fear, no more. They're not they're not locked behind. Remember when when Jesus died and was buried, when Jesus was in that tomb, where where were the disciples? They were in a room locked shut. I mean, it was it was the door was shut and it was locked. They were in there, buddy. They, they were full of fear. And, and, and John even says in his gospel, another gospel says that they were full of fear because of the fear of the Jews. They thought they were going to die next. But here they are. They're, they're preaching and proclaiming Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. And they're working these miracles to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the one that they've been looking for, and that these people need to give their lives to Jesus. They, they're full of boldness and how's that because it was the 12 that received the power of or it was the, the, the power of the holy spirit at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 it says 
in verse Acts chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail, they're standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. The apostles are men. There are no women included in the apostles. There are other verses throughout Acts to support it, that it is the apostles that God fills with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. It is the apostles who are speaking in tongues uh, and, and when that the fire came down and landed upon their heads, it was the apostles, these 12 men that Jesus had handpicked in the Gospels, including uh, now Matthias, since he, uh, the, the lot, the, when they cast lots, the lot fell upon Matthias, and he has now been added to the 11 to make 12. And so I have given you several scriptures to support the fact that it is not the 120 that the Holy Spirit fell upon, but it is the 12 apostles. And it is the 12 apostles, these men, who God chose to build his kingdom, the church. And it is these 12 men that God chose to be in charge after Jesus ascended back to heaven and the Holy Spirit falls, just as Jesus said. And actually, when one goes back and studies John 14, uh, when Jesus is describing to them uh, this comforter, this Holy Spirit, this paraclete, he is talking to the 12 disciples, not the, any of those people that Luke mentions in Acts chapter 1 of the 120. It was the 12 disciples, no one else. So it's my conclusion that, and you can disagree with, disagree with me, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Um, but it's my conclusion that it's the 12 apostles who received the Holy Spirit. And God did use men, and He did use women. I mean, that, that, when you read Paul's letters, there, there are women who have churches in their homes. Uh, I believe it's Chloe that is called a deaconess. So, so there's... There's other things that you can get into and study about, you know, things like that. And we can do that on another podcast at another time. But God uses men and women to build his kingdom. That's fact. Today, we are filled with the same Holy Spirit that the apostles had, both men and women. And as we get into to, to, uh, deeper into the book of Acts, we'll see exactly how God uses men and women like uh, Aquila and Priscilla uh, to, to, to they, they do some great things. I mean, they were great help uh, for Paul and support for Paul. And there's others that Paul mentions in his letters and when he's giving his greetings at the end of his letters. You see all kinds of women that God used and God still uses women today. But as I said, it's my conclusion that it was the 12 apostles the 12 disciples that jesus handpicked that the holy spirit falls upon in acts chapter 2 and they're speaking in tongues and and these it's caused such a great commotion that thousands of people have gathered around the area wherever they were staying and they thought that these 12 men were drunk and peter stands up and says nope these guys aren't drunk and if they wanted to be drunk it's only nine o'clock in the morning they wouldn't be drunk this early but this is what this is. This is what the prophet Joel spoke about. 
And so Peter uses that opportunity to start preaching about Jesus. God still uses those who are willing to let themselves be used. If you're willing to, for, to whether you're a man or a woman, if you are willing to allow God to use you, I promise you, He will use you to glorify Him and to build His kingdom. The main question is, are you allowing God to work in your life and to work through you to grow His kingdom? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Is the Holy Spirit your leader? Are you following God's lead to bring Him glory and to build His kingdom? God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life. Been grinding all my life.